Alex and Dan are here at Fortune Kit Studios headquarters with Joe Plummer. He's played drums in Modest Mouse, The Shins, Cold War Kids, a million different bands. Uh, he's got a podcast called Tour Stories. He's an author. Now he's doing the most important creative work of all, being a podcast guest. So how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I don't know. What, I'm not sure what I've authored, but <laughs> I... I I know I did write something. I wrote the history of the drum set as my senior thesis <laughs> in college. So. I, I think there's a Joseph Plummer who is a uh, political writer. There is. I get his email sometimes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, Dude, I haven't, I've been invited to Cornell three times <laughs> over email. You should go there and just play drums like a solo drum performance. I know. Just, Joseph Plummer, the, the writer, seems like kind of a crank just from, uh, just like a sort of tertiary glance at his uh, output so dude you know where i got that is that i went to your wikipedia and it's all about you except the books which are about that yeah. guy wow i gotta look at that that's yeah. fun. <laughs> like everything else is stuff you've yeah, done Yeah, everything else is completely legit except for the books that you've written so let's you're here today to talk about tragedy and hope 101 the illusion yeah. of justice freedom and democracy <laughs> yep where do i start Let's go through them one by one. What do you think about <laughs> justice? First up. Justice, that's a small that's a small subject. Yeah. I don't think we need it. No. Overrated. Well, luckily we don't have that much of it. Well, we don't have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're over here in the US of A, we don't have much of it. No justice, no peace. I don't want either one. <laughs> that's right. These are our <laughs> demands. No justice and also no peace. How are you guys doing? I'm pretty good. Oh, you know, can't complain. I'm good. I think we have it easy because we're just busy podcasting, but you said you're busy podcasting and uh, taking care of children, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's tough sometimes. It's not too bad. Home school is over. Now we're at home summer, which I don't know without Is that structure. better or worse? I don't know yet. This is the first week. Were <laughs> you adding anything to the curriculum when you were homeschooling your kids, or was it all being done like remotely, kind of like online? Um, there are some resources that I was using, um, some math, math stuff that wasn't, that was, I felt better than what we were given. So if your kids need, uh, some, some stuff to read and learn about over the summer, I would suggest Tragedy and Hope 101, The Illusion of Justice, <laughs> Freedom and Democracy by nice. Joe Plummer. <laughs> Give all the kids in the neighborhood that book. You should read them White Fragility. Oh, right. Yeah. Instead of drum lessons like they all want. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like how often do you have to, or how do you like deflect that request from kids? Well, I've made the mistake of giving a couple more like, yeah, you can just come play the drums. And their parents are like, well, do you want to show them how to play? <laughs> and I was like, I will. But I don't think anyone's attention span right now is is strong enough and long enough for even drum yeah, Maybe lessons. that's a blessing. At yeah. the moment. Yeah. But that's kind of like uh, class. Like if you bring like a cupcake to class, you got to bring enough for everyone. It's like if you're going to offer one kid drum lessons soon enough, you got to just teach every kid. You're going to be giving yeah, I think drum lessons to the whole neighborhood, you know, just everyone. I know. We have a bit of, we have a bubble in my neighborhood. Your signature style is going to be in 10 years is just going to be replicated all over, you know. Right. Being a drum set kid rocked. What's that? Like, being a drum set kid rocked. If you were the kid that had a drum set right. and his parents had, like, a barn or something, 
or they were never home, so you could just bang on the drum set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can get in any band you want. You do have to carry the drums, but... Yeah. yeah. If you're like 14 and you're the drum set kid, that's the life. My parents would let me have the practice at my house, either in my garage or later we moved and it, it was like in my bedroom. Yeah, that's a big deal. Because like I always yeah. lived in apartments, so yeah. I couldn't play drums if I wanted to, you know? The first band I was in, uh, the drum set guy was in, I think, all of the bands in, in like the Cowichan Valley. Because he, he was like one of the only kids with a drum set and definitely the only kid whose parents were just stoned enough to let him uh, have a bunch of random people over and jam in his bedroom. So Could you not use that term, drum set guy? Ever? <laughs> drum set guy. Because <laughs> it makes me feel like you would have called me drum set guy. Maybe you will in about an hour when we get up. <laughs> Oh yeah, we, yeah. I forget what our next episode is. Is with drum set <laughs> drum guy. Set guy. <laughs> We're here with drum set guy. <laughs> Stand up for drummers' rights right now. That's right. Drummers are the bourgeoisie. They own the means of production. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like the <laughs> all the heavy metal shit that you have to lug around. Thank you. That makes me feel better. Yeah, and it is it is a <laughs> universal truth I, that I think we talked about on this podcast before that if your drummer sucks, like your your band sucks. You know, if you have a if you have yeah. a drummer in your band and your drummer is bad, your band is bad. If your drummer is good and everyone else is bad, you're you're just okay. You know, drummer. Yeah, that's true. Right. Good drummer can like kind of elevate uh, like a terrible singer, mediocre bass player. And it's funny how like even yeah, if I'm hearing even at like a high level, I always think of like Queens of the Stone Age, where um, the guy who played drums for them after Dave Grohl. Everything they played was so much faster yeah. for a couple of years. Like they're fucking pushing yeah. the tempos every show, and then once they switched drummers again, it kind of went back to like the tempos Groovy. they were recorded at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of those shows actually. Modest Mouse played about eight shows with Queens in oh, Australia. Nice. Oh shit! And Joey, this guy named Joey, was playing drums. I yeah, that's who name. I mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Um, he did. You're right. They played him really fast. And then John Theodore. Yeah, John Theodore fucking rules, man. Yeah, he's a crazy machine. Drum kit guy. Yeah. Drum kit guy. <laughs> drum kit guy, John Theodore. Joe, like, you're part You're part of a drum combination that, like, a lot of, I don't know, my favorite bands have, which is the double, which is the double drummer, you know? At, at oh. least in Modest Yeah, Mass. I love the drum. The double, double drums yeah. is... Uh, I mean, it's a bold move in today's economy, but it is, uh, it sounds fucking amazing. Like the, the OCs era of double drums was really good. And like the, yeah. the fall circa like 1980 to 83 best lineup. I didn't know the fall did that. Yeah. Yeah. Everything from, um, right after grotesque to like hex induction hour, probably their best record. And, uh, like perverted by language, all those records are, are double drummers and they like, pan the kits left and right on some songs which is really sweet oh, like man. hard pan them so fun so good the best double drummer was the performance of achy breaky heart where fred durst is also hitting the drums <laughs> yeah <laughs> good call dude yeah he's just like lackadaisically hitting like a crash symbol for a yeah. while <laughs> so fucking oh, funny man yeah that that it was counts. a big thing in uh early 2000s indie rock was auxiliary like uh 
needless percussion. You know, no, I, I mean, like for for a guy to have just like a single floor tom. You know, yeah, like Animal Collective style. Yeah, know? Wolf Wolfred did it. I mean, we like totally guilty of that. Like Dante Dante yeah. used to wail on a floor tom and play wind champs. So. I always add helmets to that. It seems like singers wore helmets and had floor toms at a certain for a few years in the early aughts. Yeah, actually, One. maybe Arcade Fire might be the cause of that. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, yeah. One instrument that's like really hard to mic, but maybe necessary for the whole set, like a like just a unamplified accordion, you know, or yeah, harp, <laughs> harps accord. In that era, I always assumed that bands with like violins and violas and stuff were going to sound like shit. And then when they didn't sound like shit, I was really pleasantly surprised. Like I would just assume the worst. And then occasionally there's bands who would really pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's hard to do it. Yeah, it's super hard. Sometimes bands like shoehorn it in. Like remember Yellow Card? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy lives here in Seattle. Whoa. That violinist guy. Oh, nice. Just like totally extraneous. Yeah, it's wild. I didn't even know that they had a violinist until uh, someone who works with the Cold War kids is friends with him and he came to a show and it was, he was like, oh, he's the violinist for Yellow Card. Were they a Seattle band? No, I think he just lives up here. If you want to stop getting uh, pigeonholed as a drum kit guy, you should just start telling people, oh, I played a uh, violin in Modest Mouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, what instrument doesn't Modest Mouse have? Yeah, true. Name true an enough. instrument. That's actually a huge call, man. Um, you don't tour with a horn player, right? Yeah. Or you do. <laughs> yeah. At least one. Tom. Oh, right. Played horn. Right. Tom plays everything. So if Tom's in your band, then you have every instrument, short of a, a harp, I think. I've always got, like, Modest Mouse always had that, like, streak of just, like, folk music in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, especially on the, the um, what was the name of the EP that was after We Were Dead? Like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, banjo and shit on yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of always has been. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think even going back to, like, uh, like there's a song on Long Drive with, like, violins on it. and Yeah, totally. Lonesome Crowded West has a lot of just, like, folk, like simple folky guitar parts, I would say, too. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Joe, are you guys like how how has like the quarantine been for you, uh, kind of touring wise? Did you guys have plans to tour and canceled it, or are you just tentatively on hold with stuff? Or, um, I think everything has been canceled at this point. We have a record coming out July thirty first. This is Cold War Kids. Okay. Um. We, and we were planning on touring it throughout the rest of the year. Um, we we always tour. We don't necessarily leave for a month at a time, but we um, we're all we tour all the yeah. time. We're a, and so yeah. I don't know how many shows have been canceled, and I don't. I haven't heard anything about rescheduling or anything. You know, I don't think we weren't on any festivals that seemed to be rescheduling. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I know, Dan, you Dan, you talked about basically or what you're it was described to you as a bloodbath, basically for 
booking for 2021. Yes. And you already uh, see that happening where like all these festivals are already announcing those 2021 headliners and shit. We're like, it's going to be such an insane year for trying to book anything. Yeah. And I don't, and yeah. I think it's going to be a, uh, in a lot of ways, like not to be a, a doomy guy, but like, I think it's going to be a total disaster. Uh, I think no one really knows what, I mean, everything could go back. We've talked about this on here before, but everything could go back to normal mm-hmm. and you still have to deal with the fact that, uh, this thing has taken like a huge toll on the industry. And then like in the last couple of weeks, live nation has come out and said, here are the new terms of service. They're basically live nation is losing an obscene amount of money and is basically doing austerity to artists and fans. So it's like all of, all of the guarantees are dropped 20 to 25%. If you cancel, uh, and, and it's on you, then you owe the promoter 200% of what your guarantee would be. And, <laughs> and the idea of a deposit, right? Like that's how a lot of bands that are running, like, I mean, maybe this is boring for some people, but like a lot of bands that are running, like, okay, you have to start a tour. You're at the beginning of a record cycle. You spent all your money. You're going to be paying for expenses like bus and crew and shit out of deposits, which are, you know, portion of the fee that you get when you fly the show and live nation is now saying that deposits are going to be reduced down to 10% of the guarantee. And they're framing it like, uh, we all have to work together to like make it through these (laughs) tough times. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, the only hopeful stuff I hear for, I hear is from, uh, European promoters who live in very remote parts of Europe who had, commitments with wolf parade who are like can't wait to see you guys in <laughs> in like rural france <laughs> honestly like you're right. lucky that like, you guys are canadian and not american because like the eu is planning to exclude the yeah. u.s from like its reopening plans you know that's right for, yeah. for good reason yeah 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 so i don't know i think Ticketmaster was a better name than live nation i i think I so, too. sort of the same thing as clear channel changing their oh, name I to iHeart Radio. Radio. Yeah. Which is oh, that's horrible. That aged really badly. At least Ticketmaster yeah. is um appropriately authoritarian. Like we're the master, yeah. you know. That's a good point. That's a good well, point. Live Nation bought Clear Channel, right? Or Clear Channel kind of sort of transitioned into Live Nation. No, Clear Channel became iHeartRadio. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Just two different evil behemoths. Yeah, two giants. Speaking of uh, Ticketmaster, the Alaskan government finally got rid of that bus where Eddie Vedder died. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> I forgot about that movie. What's that movie called? Into, Into the, the, Wild. the Wild. Yeah. The Death of Eddie Vedder. The Death of Eddie Vedder. Uh, having grown up in like uh, rural Pacific Northwest... Like on the edge of a on the edge of a vast wilderness, that movie made me very angry about hippies. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I didn't see his vision. I understood yeah. it. I read I read more about it after I saw the film. He didn't have to go that far up there. He it's sure not like didn't. there isn't forest in like Ohio. No one has to do anything. Like you including... can just go in a national park in the Appalachians. Yeah. Yeah. You can still die, possibly, if you're 
Not it's true. I, you can, but it's warmer. It yeah. is warmer. I could go. Uh, I could go to Jean Mont's park and walk up the hill to Mount Royal, you know, and wander around in the woods for a while and easily find my way home. Ideally, what you want to do is go to a place where there's houses and electricity. Yeah, like like right. a town. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. somewhere to uh, get something to eat, like to be able to buy something to eat. Uh, somewhere you can pay to sleep somewhere, you know. Somewhere with good uh, cell service. He's doing it all wrong. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I again, I, I, I didn't. I don't disagree with his uh, philosophy. I just don't. I, I don't. I don't agree. With he didn't know shit about eating berries. Fatal flaw. He was eating the wrong berries, like a child. It's childish behavior yeah. to just be picking berries off a tree. And they're bird berries. They're only for birds to eat. Right. Not boys. Yeah. But he did it anyway, and he suffered the consequences. You should have brought the boy berry book, you know, to identify the right they berries. They should have more little phrases you say, like, you know, if the berry is green, you're keen. If it's red, you'll be dead or whatever, you know? Yeah. It could have kept him, uh, could have kept him going. I think uh, on the subject of shows reopening, though, and... You know how what the trajectory for live music is under coronavirus. We got to talk about this article about Sammy Hagar, where he said he's willing to sacrifice people to coronavirus for the economy. Yes, uh, from my understanding, he's he's willing to die. He's willing to have shows where others die, potentially. I guess yes. that contract, like that kind of arrangement I'm, I'm a little confused if you could like the pass article, death but... onto someone else it would almost work right like if one of his fans was about to die and they could just make sure that he dies instead then it might be fair yeah but the problem seems... is that they're all gonna die and he'll be fine and there's no justice he's also... we're talking about justice tragedy and hope 101 <laughs> the illusion of justice freedom and democracy <laughs> he's also 72 years old like i mean when he says we're all going to die eventually, what he means is I am probably my, me, Sammy Hager. I am probably going to die within the next decade. And if I don't, I'll be a statistical anomaly. So what do I care? You know? Yeah. He's very red. He, he, <laughs> he uh, looks like he's, I don't know if he's getting sun or he's taking a lot of niacin and he's obsessed with tequila, which he thinks you can only buy in Mexico. Isn't he the one who had his own brand of tequila, though? Yeah, uh, Cabo, yeah. Cabo Wabo. Yeah. Cabo Wabo. That's that good shit. Yeah, he has his own resort yeah. in Mexico. It's weird. Like, he he loves tequila, and he, think that, he thinks that's the only place you can get tequila, is on Baja, California. I, I wonder if he has the same stance uh, for the employees at his uh, tequila, tequila sweatshops, you know? If he's like, yeah, I, I'm so, I am so excited to be producing one of the world's worst tequilas again. Uh, and I want you all to be excited, too. We're all going to die. Now get back to work. Yeah, it can't be very good tequila. They probably haven't stopped working. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I don't think any of the booze industry has stopped working. There's too much money yeah, absolutely. right now, especially. Yeah. A lot of like local distilleries in Chicago just started making hand sanitizer which is a very smart pivot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Remy Martin, like one of the cognac, a cognac company, uh, not Hennessy, but a, a different one switched over to making hand sanitizer almost immediately. Are they putting their brands on it? 
I don't know, but they should. They should put it like in the bottles, so it's like a Hennessy bottle full of. I think they actually did that here. In I think Malort did that in Chicago, and it just says "Do not drink." (laughs) (laughs) I think you can drink those. I wouldn't recommend it, but like, uh, I had one of those um, that the uh, that they gave us at work, and it was like ninety nine point nine percent ethanol. Like they're not mm-hmm. putting methanol in it to uh, adulterate it. Yeah. So it's it's pretty close to just Everclear. I don't know. So you just gotta. The trick is to just take small sips and pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, maybe mix it. Put with, it through uh, a coffee filter. Mix it with Lacroix or something. Yeah. It's better than Sterno. I don't recommend this to anyone Ugh. who's of drinking age. But if you're a teenager and you're hearing this, it might be worth a shot. <laughs> I want to, um, like the Sammy Hagar quote is really good in that article too, where he's like, I will die for my children and grandchildren to have a life anywhere close to the life that I had in this wonderful country. Ooh, already past tense about his own life. He is ready to die. That's he's just the way I die. feel about it. And then he's like, this is the best part. I'm not going to go around spreading the disease, but there may be a time where we have to sacrifice I mean, how many people die on Earth every day? I have no idea. I'm sorry to say it, but we all got to die, man. <laughs> Completely mm. incoherent. Black-pilled. Yeah. He had ego death. <laughs> yeah. He, um, I, I, is, he, is, it, is, this big, is the big picture of his position, he just needs to play shows? Or I think so. What's the what's the I big feel, I'm not what's sure what he wants. I I don't know if it's more shows or like reopening his restaurant. Yeah, it that's seems a, like that's it's a huge call. Shows. Uh, yeah, but there's said, Alex. Yeah, I, there is an ideological undercurrent to this, just right below the surface. That is definitely. I think if you scratched at it a bit, you would find somebody who didn't necessarily believe in QAnon, but. Uh, is maybe has put his toe in the water a couple times, you know? Like, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if underneath this veneer there's a, there's a COVID denier, you know, or a COVID skeptic. Yeah, like, I agree. Well, the people 100%. who go to Cabo Wabo, I assume there are some Q moms in the mix. Yeah. And he's probably, uh, probably dipping his wick. So who knows? Yeah. I like how in his apology he talks about how many people he employs and how he wants to, you know, like he's he's looking out for their safety by trying to get them back on the road, but also like directly exposing them to a potentially lethal virus. It's just why can't he just give them money? Yeah, exactly. He's fucking loaded. Like, uh, I don't know. Just uh, pay your pay your employees. Pay your employees uh, unemployment. You know, you can do it. Yep. You're gonna die. The you're gonna die that, soon. Like, want to give some of your money away. The best part of that is for my children and my grandchildren to have a life anywhere close to the life that I had in this wonderful country. So it's like the expectation that his kids and his grandkids are gonna be singers, <laughs> the, the replacement singer for a hard rock yeah, band, totally. or maybe they're dying to see him live. They're like, "Man, when are we gonna see you on yeah. stage again? I can't wait." Yeah. Like, his life is just a complete fluke. What's really yeah, funny about that absolutely. Huffington Post article is at the end, they have two paragraphs completely unrelated that are like, meanwhile, John Fogarty of CCR described the pandemic as yeah. so real and so scary and life-threatening. Like, they think they're being real journalists by balancing two opinions, but they're just grabbing a completely different guy yeah. who has a reasonable opinion. And, like, somehow that's supposed to be, like, balance, I guess. 
Yeah, that art that article is really kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. shitty. It's like pretty slammed together quotes. It's um Yeah, I guess what happened was he gave an interview to Rolling Stone like a month and a half ago. It was May eighth, which is still mm-hmm. uh too late. And his apology was like, Well, this was back when everything was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And mm-hmm. it was not good in May. That was not that long ago. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if there are any bands who are uh, just determined to hit the road again right now. Yeah, like, like it's guys like Sammy Hagar who don't even need the money, who are like 70 plus, who are like, fuck it, I don't want to be inconvenienced, you know? Yeah. I saw a concert. I drove by a concert about two weeks ago. Oh, no shit. A, yeah, church in a church parking lot. Oh, damn. Uh, who That's is, actually I a think point. it would be. Churches have been like trying to reopen here, too. Yeah, they're open. They can have concerts. We you you could go on tour right now and play churches. Who is playing at the concert? I don't know. I was driving by and I was like, "What is that?" You too. And that was a <laughs> band standing on a stage, and about fifty and fifty to sixty people watching. A good um, gimmick right now for like an opportunist would be to reinvent yourself as a Christian band so you can get back on the road at all these churches. I know. <laughs> that is a great idea, actually. Mm. I feel like it would be pretty lucrative to get in on the right-wing grift as a band. Because people yeah. go crazy for stuff like Trump wanting to hold a rally. Yeah. Sammy Hagar's uh, position like to violate do the lockdown or whatever, or like a, a cupcake shop that refuses to shut down. So why couldn't trapped or godsmack like go out on tour and like dare the government to stop him and be like we're being silenced yeah you got to come out to our shows yeah i think five finger death punch is the band to be doing that yeah but i want to see someone who's like sammy hagar's age do it though because they're more in tune with like that QAnon crowd and like the trump like the main trump base is like 70 plus so it's got to be something old that they can really that old people can get into, you know, like trapped is too heavy for the QAnon Trump base. I think guys, we need to, we need to start a hard rock band, uh, that is dedicated to, uh, preserving freedom and building a world where our children, uh, can join other hard rock bands. Once the more talented singer leaves, <laughs> I want to live you do in a world create- where Sammy Hagar's children and grandchildren can go to shows I hope like there's, that. I hope there's several generations of, Hagar's. What you would want to do is have a band that sounds like Greta Van Fleet, but mm-hmm. all the lyrics are QAnon stuff. So it's like it's like the stuff that uh, Q boomers who got their brain fried by Alcapulco Gold <laughs> and uh, like Volkswagen bus fumes. <laughs> but then you could have lyrics that are racist, and if people say you're ripping off Greta Van Fleet. Well, you just turn that right back around on him. So you're ripping off Led Zeppelin. I'm not doing anything wrong. There's no rule that says two of us can't do it. That's right. And that would kill if you were violating lockdown. It's probably the most punk thing you could do right now. Yeah, there's there's nothing more punk than asking your fans to die for one hour of entertainment. (laughs) Touch me, I'm sick. That's what that was about. It's true. Those guys live in my neighborhood. I haven't seen them. Did they die? 
No. I mean, they said they were sick. I know. I saw Mark at the warehouse uh, the first day of the Wolf Parade tour, and it's like become a thing now where, where it was a thing until all this happened, where like Wolf Parade would start a tour on Vancouver Island. First show would be in Seattle. We'd go by the warehouse, and then Mark Arm would hand us a bunch of records and T-shirts to <laughs> right. sell, which is kind of amazing. Like that's amazing. As a because I loved that band when I was a kid, and just just getting handed all the merch by by Mark Arm is pretty sweet. There's a new Melvin's Mud Honey split single. Oh no shit! It's cool. Oh, there's an earlier article on MetalHeadZone.com. <laughs> Ex Van Halen Sammy Hagar responses to a fan who criticizes him for breaking the social distance rules. I think are these like Portuguese people writing these articles? <laughs> oh, this is great. Brittany praises new music partner of Tommy Lee. She has been on dialysis for three years. What? 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 These are the weirdest sentences. Metalheadzone.com. Is it Metalhead's own or Metalhead Zone? Metalhead Zone. <laughs> you know you're getting a reputable news source when it's from a zone, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Truth zone. Yeah. Not a depot. Metalhead depot would be fun. <laughs> yeah. I would respect that a lot more, I think. Also, a depot is a place where I would expect them to have a lot of useful wares. A zone, you don't know what's going to happen to you when you enter a zone. Metalhead zone is just a, is just a temporary, like, autonomous political structure with no leader. So All the headlines are crazy. You're right, man. The These websites are weird. Like, websites that post news about classic rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> this is Metalhead Zone, and here's one. The Beatles' Ringo Starr gives a one last chance to chat him privately. <laughs> what, is he Is he dying? What is he talking oh, no. about? Yo, it says, he just said, um, this is your last chance to enter for the opportunity to video chat with me on my birthday. So it's just like a contest or whatever. Yeah, that's such a weird wording. It sounds like he's like he has cancer. <laughs> yeah. He's like... You gotta say your. You gotta give me your my last rights. Oh, these are such good websites, and this is like maybe it's Turkish people. Yeah, the names look Turkish to me. Yeah, this is a Turkish metal website translated into English. It seems like. Yeah, Gene Simmons' daughter Sophie responds to speculations about if she has a new boyfriend. <laughs> wow, that's. <laughs> This headline. That's cool. Avril Lavigne admits she has had hard times as she talks about the black community. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Crazy. I don't know if I want to go down that wormhole. But... Oh, man. I want to read this oh, one. Oh, no. It begins, gorgeous vocalist Avril Lavigne <laughs> took her official Instagram account to share her thoughts about the racism problem in the United States. Yes. Oh, man. Thank you, Avril. Thanks, yeah. Avril. She's doing the work. Oh, that's the best wording. It, it, it's like she's saying, like, you know, I've had, um, I've had hard times. Things are complicated. I didn't have my happy ending. Yeah. And that's why I, I know what it's like to be black. Yeah. yeah. 
I like I like this one. Uh, it seems like David Lee Roth is not okay with his name, so changed it with Mexican one. <laughs> oh, what? Oh. Um. Sweet. Yeah. I'm sure all these stories are probably very anodyne and boring if you know what's actually going on. Yeah. But through the lens of like a poor translation, it's so good. I love it. The Rolling Stones announced new merch collection for 40th anniversary of Emotional Rescue. <laughs> that's <laughs> just like you can just like read new news it's so weird these sites where it's like it's the 40th anniversary of one of the lesser known rolling stones albums yeah um here's a good one i don't really i, I don't think i can figure out what this means corn guitarist brian welch makes fans smile by using walk support during 50th birthday party i don't mm. huh. crutches maybe yeah, maybe. <laughs> I guess. Oh my god, here's one. Kiss icon Gene Simmons kicks his wife Shannon's butt for fun in front of cameras. What? <laughs> is that like a what? harrowing like abuse story or is it like a bit? It's just the news, man. It's up, it's up to you. This, un, this news is unbiased what's going because on. it's not written well enough to be biased. Yeah. Gene's not a great person. No, he just Gene literally kicks her in the butt yeah. when they're play fighting. He's an incredibly shitty person, so I could believe either way there. He does really stink. And I hate his tongue. They need to cut it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like when Ozzy ate the bat head, the equivalent for him would just be to have someone come on stage with some big scissors and cut his real tongue off on stage. That'd be fucking metal. <laughs> Adam Lambert reacts to Donald Trump's comment on AIDS. WTF is he talking? <laughs> Queen's Brian May names the female guitarist he couldn't resist. Uh. What's up? Uh. Queen. Yeah, oh, oh, here we go. Vince Neil's latest body shape is about to ruin Motley Crue fans' dreams <laughs> after hard gym workouts. <laughs> He's just talking about how he's fat now. Latest, bo oh uh, latest body shape is really good. <laughs> His latest body shape. <laughs> this one's actually really I wanna wholesome. Read, I want to read every website like through this filter. Yeah, me too, man. This is a really wholesome like a Turkish one. guy who's doing Duolingo for English. David yeah. Gilmore announces a new song, but he uses, <laughs> he uses interesting method to release it. Well, I, I just want to know what the method is. Need to know more. I just watched that uh, Amazon documentary uh, called "Murder in the Front Row." Has any have any of you guys seen that? No. It's so it is. I mean, it's not the best constructed documentary. It's but it but it's pretty interesting. It's like on the Bay Area thrash scene. Yeah. Like it just kind of starts with like testament and like tape trading and then. But it's really what it's really about is the rise of Metallica, and oh. it's so great. It, it it's kind of painful because they'll show you know archival footage of Metallica being like whatever Metallica and Slayer. I think that maybe 1984 two maybe two of the most exciting bands in the world. You know, just playing music like nobody had really heard, really tight, like great songs. And then it'll cut to Metallica now, like interviews, and it's just it's it's such whiplash, you know, like it's so painful. Yeah, <laughs> like Hatfield is just unbearable. Like they're talking about like Cliff Burton. There's a lot of it is about Cliff Burton, and they're and they're 
talking to Hetfield about Cliff Burton, and he just he sort of affects this attitude of like he barely remembers him. And I don't know whether it's a bit or whether he's so heavily medicated that he just can't access human emotion anymore. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Do they cover any of the um, was it Death Angel the yeah Filipino thrash scene in San Francisco, which is part of the larger thrash scene, but I used to skateboard with this band called The Demented, and they were all Filipino dudes, and they were they were always touting the the Filipino South San Francisco thrash metal scene, which I always thought was cool. Yeah, they totally uh, they get into that, and they also get into the, like for such a like white presenting or no like what we think of as like extremely white music you know uh the actual yeah. scene and the people working in the scene and especially the club owners were all people of color like uh like one of the bigger clubs in san francisco that had you know metallica play multiple nights and stuff it was run by like an old jazz musician basically who for whatever reason saw something in these bands and was just like, yeah, you guys can come in skateboard in the parking lot and completely trash my club night after night. Uh, I love right. it. I support it. <laughs> and <laughs> was that, was that the stone? Or uh, it was called, I think it was called rubies. Oh yeah. But it also gives a portrait of San Francisco. That's like almost unrecognizable now. Like just, just like an actually like a city that had like working class people and upper class people kind of living side by side, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that city is unapproachable and less. And if it is slightly approachable for anyone to live there, it is even less approachable than Manhattan. Yeah. I would think. I agree. Yeah. I think it, I think it really does have the most expensive real estate in the country. Like by far. It's like fucked. Yeah. Tommy Lee slams haters while paying credit to Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit. <laughs> well, that's what I love to see. Hell yes. <laughs> Man, normally I wouldn't care about this story, but now I really want to know the details. I follow Fred Durst on Instagram. Whoa. What's his uh, Instagram like? Mostly station. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. It's amazing. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Michael Jackson took an oath for helping children, but he could not last. <laughs> what? Yeah. <No. laughs> they, they don't even say anything. Legendary pop star Michael Jackson's official Instagram account revealed the real thoughts of Michael about the children in the world and proved why everybody called him legend. God, that is so that's, crazy. That's insane. So it's like complimenting him. I, don't e I think it means like he wanted to help children, but then he died. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here's a good headline. Ex Van Halen Sammy Hagar recalls a milestone about him, but D. Snyder finds something wrong about it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing he found wrong about it was that Sammy Hagar was talking in the third person. <laughs> Kurt Cobain's Courtney Love tells sad story of a black woman who killed by police. <laughs> Damn. This, she's owned by him. Yeah, that's a very oh awkward uh, phrasing. <laughs> How James Hetfield looks like after the rehab. A recent photo shared by Metallica. Oh, he's in rehab again? Is he? I guess so. Yeah. Huh. We should watch some kind of monster and do oh, an episode. I've actually about never it. seen it, so that might be fun. 
Yeah. I've seen clips from it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Have you seen it, Joe? Yeah, we always have it on on tour, on Cold War Kids tours. It's Matt the the Matt the bass player is in charge of he's the he's in charge of the films and he brings a lot of movies and or TV shows and we usually just put one on for days and we never take it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, that, just repeat it on a loop. Often the yeah, it's just always on. So you get on the bus, no matter what time, and it's going. It's not no, there's not always volume, but you're like, oh. So you, you do you just like take it, it in five it minutes at a time almost, or or do you like usually? Sit down yeah, and watch usually it? it starts. You know, it's it starts strong. Everyone's watching it, and then yeah. it just stays on for a few days. Yeah, we did we did that with the uh, Starship Troopers, which is if that's a good one to do that yeah because if you abs- i love that movie and if you absorb it as kind of a cut up like kaleidoscope of images and ideas uh you you really get the tr- <laughs> you really get the the meaning just pumped directly into your brain we we have put on most the most frequent tv show we have on is the office the american office and we usually watch that it is it's just always on Sometimes weeks. Do you? Does it drive you insane ever? Or are you like, no? no I love it. We all. Yeah, it's love an it easy so thing much. to just pay attention to for a few minutes and go in and go out. You know, Robert California, the Robert California years. Oh, like the isn't that They're like incredible. the end of the show? Maybe. Yeah, it's the last season. It got very weird. It got extremely it weird. Yeah. Electra Mustaine shares a piece of cleavage from her perfect body. <laughs> A piece, a piece of just, I love to see. A a, I love to see a piece of cleavage yeah. from a, per, yeah. a perfect-bodied female. A shard of tits. Yes. Yeah, that's very. So alien. they're just openly lusting after Dave Mustaine. I'm trying to decide daughter. whether it's sexist or not because it's so weird and alien that maybe it it crosses over into being just strange. Yeah, I think it's the type of objectification that goes beyond like sexual objectification and. And just straight on to like, uh, yeah, an alien observation. <laughs> yeah, or like an eleven-year-old. <laughs> yeah, here's a really plain headline that I want to see more headlines like this everywhere. Of Kiss passes one million subscribers on YouTube and celebrates it on social media to collect more fans. <laughs> no, oh, sweet. no lies. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no. No, that's the all ad- truth. That's the absolute Band truth. post to get more followers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Band plays show to make money. <laughs> Band follows rules of being banned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big headline. <laughs> Band releases album to facilitate touring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Band releases album for fans to listen to. Yeah, we should start our own music site. <laughs> I think actually our reviews would end up being better than a lot of actual music reviews. Because you could just cut, cut through the bullshit and be like, the album is good or the album is bad, rather than like, yeah. it's a kaleidoscope of thoughts and sounds. And- yeah. Michael Jackson's daughter, Paris, shares the same bed with the Beatles star. <laughs> Which Beatles star? We got to click. So I guess what happened is someone photoshopped Paris Jackson over Yoko Ono and the the John Lennon Yoko Ono bed picture ah. on Twitter. And she that was retweeted a cheap, it. That's a very cheap headline, metalheadzone.com. I thought she fucked Ringo. Yeah, exactly. I was getting excited. There. Where's the inte- where's the integrity in that? Yeah. <laughs> Roger Taylor's daughter is e- eager to kiss her girlfriend in public wearing a leopard print dress. So much of this <laughs> is just like it's either like 
so-and-so makes a bold statement about black people or like so-and-so looks uh, so fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this tiny thong. Tommy Lee's wife give a huge cleavage bending <laughs> down in a pool party. <laughs> Dave Mustaine's daughter Electra looks like a Barbie doll with her heavy makeup. Jesus. Michael Jackson daughter Paris goes topless while making a spiritual ritual. <laughs> what the fuck? Making a spiritual ritual. Spiritual ritual is going to be the name oh, of our Christian band so that good. starts touring churches. Right. Yeah. They only seem to know about like four or five bands. It's like Kiss, Van Halen, Motley Crue, Metallica, Megadeth, Motley Crue. Twisted Sister shows up uh, more than you'd think on here. Yeah, maybe there's just a lot of Twisted Sister news, and that's why they're <laughs> yeah they're constant so headline makers. Mick Jagger's daughter Georgia goes more than passionate with her boyfriend in public. They're just so horny for musicians' daughters. They are. Speaking of, Paris Jackson and her boyfriend release a new song under the name of their band, The Sun, The Soundflowers. Dude, that's crazy to release a song under the name of your band. I know. Again, following the rules, at least. Yeah. yeah that's right. Michael Jackson's daughter Paris shows off her meal that even a bird would not be sated. <laughs> Tommy Lee's wife and her hot friend shows their voluptuous body wearing bikinis. Excellent. Aerosmith Steven Tyler's daughter shows her huge leg tattoos sharing her sad longing. <laughs> sad longing? What is that? <laughs> Drummer of Cold War Kids, Joe Plummer, <laughs> announces no shows right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Guns N' Roses star's daughter gets soaking wet in bathrobe after the shower. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is this based on? Like, is that based on an Instagram post? It seems post like she's... Yeah, I think it's just an Instagram post. Yeah. She's really misusing a bathrobe if she's getting the bathrobe wet. Looks like Nikki, uh, Nikki Six explains while the band postponed their stadium tour. <laughs> oh, they did it for the safety of their fans and the crew and the band members. Oh, that makes them more responsible than Sammy Hagar. That's right. Here's a good one of, I think they're assuming that we know this is his wife or something, but it's just one name here of Guns N' Roses' Duff McKagan gets emotional when Susan <laughs> reminds how important he is for the family. Oh, Susan. Oh, Susan's great. Oh, Sammy Hagar's daughter likens her life journey with the black movement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume that whatever she did was not as offensive as it sounds like it is here. But... I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, true. Fair enough. I literally don't know. Yeah, they make it sound so bad. Metal fans decide the best Metallica song ever after the one last pull. <laughs> it's time to stop polling Metallica fans about their discography. This is it. Megadeth legend Dave Mustaine warns his daughter in public, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, there's a video of them, like, eating cake, and he tells her to stop throwing the cake or something. I thought it was going to be that uh, he told her to stop slutting it up so this no. site would stop ogling her. That's what I was going to say is then they wouldn't want that because that's the only thing they write about. That's right. That is an interesting yeah, niche, just, just daughters of, like, boomer rock stars. Yeah. Steve Vai joins the club of rock stars who like and listen Billy Eilish. 
It's funny that they don't cover her music, but they cover the daughters of other musicians who are her age. <laughs> and the musicians who listen to her. Yeah, <laughs> why don't they just cover actual artists who are younger women? Uh, I don't think that's what this website is about. Man, Dave Mustaine's daughter is just going off. Joe, I feel like one of the main things we've learned about in this episode is um, who lives in your neighborhood. Because the yellow card guy came up. Yep. Mud honey. It's just like, yeah, Joe's neighborhood. That's what this episode should be called. I wish Duff lived in my neighborhood. Does uh, Duff still lives in Seattle, right? Yeah. I occasionally fly with him. Not on a private plane or anything, yeah. but I see him on the flight to Burbank. I've never met Duff, but I've always heard uh, that he is a pretty nice guy. Everyone. He's a, he's a very nice yeah. guy. Very tall, very nice. If you're going to share a plane with one guy out of Seattle. Yeah. Make it Duff. He also, make it Duff. He also is the voice of the announcements at the SeaTac airport, too. So, yeah, a bunch of... Huh. They, have just, they just have Seattle luminaries doing all those announcements. Yeah. So My name be, is Kurt Cobain, and you're flying out of <laughs> Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> I love imagining that Kurt Cobain was Cobain was British. I don't know why that's funny to me, but it is. Grunge was a British phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call it Britpop across the pond. He was from he was from Aberdeen, which everyone knows is located in uh, Scotland. I'm so. from Aberdeen, mate. <laughs> There's a new sound in Aberdeen. It's called grunge. Perhaps you haven't heard of it yet. I don't. Joe, has it been like? particularly interesting living in seattle during all of this or does it feel like it feels in any other city um i I don't know i've only been here yeah that's but i think that um i guess the more most significant thing regarding that is i believe the first person to test positive was in seattle yeah that's right and uh isn't there i don't know isn't there some story about like basically a respiratory clinic that had is is now thinking they had covid patients going back to like december of last year i haven't heard that one there was a um senior housing facility that was it was like 60 percent of the patients i'm in had covid um yeah but i don't know about that i mean god who knows? It just seems like there's new bad news every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a couple bad ones here. Speaking, speaking, of, bad news. speaking of bad news. Uh... Kisses Gene Simmons reacts to Chinese people eating cats and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, shit. Oh, and there's another one here that's uh, worded... Uh, Pretty badly. Freddie Mercury's ex-boyfriend reveals what Freddie gave to him amid their relationship. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, I got to click through this one. I like this idea of just like clickbait headlines that are clickbait, not because they're written to be that way, but just because they're so incoherent. Because you can't tell what's going on until you click it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what he gave to him was joy and love. Uh, <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Nice. I'm glad you clicked that. Thank you, Alex. I think, uh, Joe, as a drum kit guy, you need to see if you can become part of Metallica or something so you can get on metalheadzone.com and get some good headlines. 
I would like to have a headline on there. Every musician dreams about it. It doesn't seem like you have to do anything except follow the rules. You got to make yeah. classic rock, or or you have a daughter. You need, yeah, 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 yeah. You have to make classic rock. She's or an have Instagram a thought. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I wonder if is there any son business or is it just daughters? I hope there's a different Turkish uh, rock music site about the sons. I might make that one. Yeah, the the, yeah. the lane is open. Yeah, I want to see like Eddie Vedder's son shows off enormous penis on Instagram. <laughs> Eddie Van Halen's wife makes fun of a deadly disease. <laughs> What'd she do? Uh, let's see. Oh, it's it's a, a meme that she posted that says, Before coronavirus, I'd cough to cover a fart. Now I fart to cover a cough. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Sir Elton John shows his appreciate to a man and hugs him in a sincere way. <laughs> I always hug men sincerely and women. Yeah, an insincere hug is a really cold. Yeah. That's kind of like a mafia thing where if you're going to kill someone, you give them an insincere hug. That's right. And then you know you're getting sent to the Pine Barrens. I feel like I wish there was like a musician way to disrespect someone like that. Like as a drummer, how could you disrespect someone? Well, I guess you give an insincere performance, you just phone it in. <laughs> Well, you mean to disrespect somebody in your band by performing? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna insincere. go out there and do it real half-ass. Yeah, it's like I, I'm. I'm thinking about like getting on stage and being really pissed and like just sarcastically playing all my parts. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcastic drums seems ridiculous. I know it's obviously ridiculous, but I yeah. think sarcastic drums is like you just swing everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't. yeah. Eye contact. Yeah, eye, eye contact with whatever band member you're mad at. Swing every part of every song. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to roll your eyes really hard. Yeah. Just a big fill with a lot of pauses in it. That, yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah. You're, and you're, when the, all the changes, they're, you kind of roll your eyes. Yeah. They're so easy. They're so easy yeah. for you. And then you end every single song in the set with. Yeah, mm-hmm. you hit the fire bell at the end of every uh, at the end of every verse, <laughs> announcing the chorus. <laughs> Just push the tempos more and more every song until it's like twice as fast as it's supposed to be. D. Snyder claims that Jay Z is a fan of ACDC. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what? What is that? <sighs> that's my favorite one. So yeah, far. that's pretty good. <laughs> what is that even? Why would D. Snyder know what? Jay-Z listens Joe, can you to. give us some headlines uh, along those lines? Who's someone who said they're uh, a fan of you? we got to write a headline. <laughs> Who's someone that said they're a fan of me? Yeah. Josh Homme. Josh Homme says, Josh Homme reveals a drummer who he says is among the favorite drummers that he has witnessed. How about better than Dave Grohl? Josh Homme admits that Joe Plummer <laughs> is in fact... A better drummer than Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, is that real? Yeah. yeah. He really said if that? If you guys oh, want to get all the dirt, awesome. go and check out metalheadzone.com. The fists are flying. Dave Grohl admits that what Josh Homme said about Joe Plummer is real. <laughs> and agrees. Confirmed. <laughs> and the only source quoted in the article is Sammy Hagar's daughter. <laughs> Taylor Hawkins now nervous around Joe Plummer. 
Tommy Lee's wife says I'm dead after an unexpected incident. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she was killed. It it gives away that she's not dead. That's a beautiful headline. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, she died. Oh, man, that might be the best one yet. Man, I wish I was like the editor in chief of Pitchfork or something, because I would force them to start writing shit like this all the time. Just a pa- a four-hour PowerPoint presentation in Brooklyn with just these headlines. Just like get it together. This is what you're writing like now. Yeah. This is this is the ble- this is the bleeding edge of music journalism. Pitchfork should be like ogling the daughters of indie rock stars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's, we can make it happen with just the last few guests we've had on here. We'll get Tom Bryan to be our like senior editor. Uh, we'll do a bunch of uh, headlines with Joe here about uh, his drumming prowess. We got a website. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Joe, unless you got anything else on your mind, I feel like we covered a lot of bases here. I think I'm good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go eat some food, some Thai food. Thai food is good. Nice. I'm going to remind everyone once again that they need to read Tragedy and Hope 101. <laughs> if you're interested in the illusion of justice, you're never going to hear a better thing about that illusion than you will from this book. <laughs> Joe Plummer writes yet another book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. All right. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. God bless. God bless.